What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to My Hope Center podcast, your place for motivation, hope, and empowerment. There are two words that are ringing loud in the times that we are living currently. Two words that is... uh, that are being reverberated, that are being shared constantly, whether it's from a pulpit or to the streets based on what's happening currently in our nation. And the two words that I'm hearing are change and transformation. Change and transformation. At times we use those two words uh, interchangeably. We use them as synonyms at times. But there are certain concepts between two words that I really want us to break down today. But now more than ever, the reason why those two words are being shared is because if there's ever been a time that we needed change and transformation, it is now. I don't know if you realized it, my Hope Center family, friends, and guests, but we are living in an hour in which we absolutely need to see change and transformation. As I mentioned earlier, it does not matter how long we've been doing things a certain way. Hey, I don't know if you realize this, that times have absolutely changed. Did you ever think that we would have church and I'll be staring at a camera? I didn't imagine a time like this where that was the only way that I was gonna be able to communicate. Times have changed, but thank God that the scripture declares that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So while the times change, our God does not change, but in this hour, we need to absolutely see change and transformation. Would anybody in my living room just shout change? Would anybody in my living room just shout transformation? I'm 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 going to take a slow walk on this one. Usually usually I I come out swinging, but this time I just want to take a slow walk if that's all right. Change, the term change When you look up the definition, it means to become different. It means to take or use another instead of. So when we use the word change, uh, you can use it in the context of she decided to change her name or he decided to change his name. He decided to change his shirt. Now, while change is replacing something with the other, the thing about change is that at times, if you change into something, you can change out of it and right back into what you changed from. I hope that you're catching it. I hope that you I hope that you're catching it right there in your living room. If I change my shirt, it gets a little dirty and sweaty like I'm out here sweating already. I'm going to have to wash this thing. I I do wash, I do take showers, I do wash my clothes. But but next week I can change back into it. So that's why change is necessary, but there's another concept that takes it a little further from change and it's called transformation. When 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 you discuss transformation, it is a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. Now, when you look up the word change, whenever it's used in scripture, the term change in the Greek is a word that comes from alos, meaning another of a different kind. It means to make other than what it is. It is to cause one thing to cease. I hope that you're catching it. One thing to cease and another one to take its place. And it's used throughout uh, the New Testament several times in the Greek, but I love the Greek term for transformation. 
The Greek term for transformation is a word called metamorpho, metamorpho. That is where we draw the term metamorphosis. Whenever you discuss transformation, it's not simply changing into one thing, it's drastically changing it. When you talk about metamorpho, you are talking about, about breaking the mold. When you are transformed, the scripture in the Greek talks about that Jesus transfigured. He was transformed. That's where it's used in Matthew chapter 17 verse 2. It's using the word metamorpho. And when it's using that term, it means absolutely breaking the mold. It means absolutely transfiguring into something that is un unrecognizable. So when you transform, uh, you can't go back to the state in which it was. So now in this nation, when we look at society, when we look at, uh, at the topics of race, when we look at the, the topics of police brutality, when we look at the state of our, of our nation in terms of economics, when we look at the state, even the church, hey, as a pastor, I need to call some things out in the church. We need transformation. In families, we need transformation. The way that we view the world, we need transformation. In our marriages, we need transformation. The way that we parent, we need transformation. The way that we lead people, we need transformation. Not just change, but we need to take it to another level and completely break the mold and transform into a new place and a new thing in life. We need transformation. Would you just write it out on the chat? Transformation. Ah. There's another portion of scripture that discusses Roman uh, uh, transformation rather. And that portion comes out of Romans chapter 12 verse 2. And that is the, that is the verse that I really want us to, to look at today. I really want to break this thing down. I want us to read and draw our points of application from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Is this all right so far? Is this all right? I, I'm feeling this thing. I feel like my help is coming from the Holy Spirit today. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship or some translations say your reasonable service do not be verse 2 do not be conformed to this world Ayah, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern some translations say prove that you may prove what the will of God is and what is good and acceptable imperfect I want us to uh, discuss transformation in light of scripture because as I mentioned we absolutely need transformation on all levels at every level in every sphere of society in this nation we need transformation but as believers we view everything through the lens of scripture so because it's discussing metamorpho Romans chapter 2 uh, the metamorphosis transformation then let's discuss transformation from a biblical worldview and I want to share three things today about transformation in light of scripture the first thing that we see here the first point that I want to share is where we see the plea by mercy 
I'm going to just teach a little bit. I hope I'm not boring you right there at home. The plea by mercy. Now in verse 1, the Apostle Paul here is talking to the Roman church. He wrote this particular uh, epistle or letter to the Roman church from the Greek city of Corinth. So this was approximately about 57 AD. And the letter he wrote to the Romans uh, is such a rich book. The book of Romans is so incredible. It's so rich in doctrine. In fact, it is is the clearest presentation of salvation, justification, glorification, sanctification. It, there is no book that really that really compares to this one when it comes to discussing salvation uh, it, it, by faith alone, through Christ alone. And, 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 and in fact, Martin Luther, who was an early church father, uh, he praised the book of Romans when he said, it is the chief part of the New Testament and the perfect gospel. I don't know if you knew this, but Martin Luther was, was a seminal leading part of the reformation of the church he was in fact a protester <laughs> he when he protested the roman catholic church and he wrote the 95 theses over there in 1517 and he nailed it up in protest to the church for wrong practices but that's neither here nor there for those that are wondering whether it's biblical to protest you wouldn't be here practicing the faith that we have had it not been for if it had it not been for somebody that protested, but but I digress, I digress. Here it is, and, and, and he said, it is the perfect gospel. So when he read the book of Romans, he said, hold up, man, things ain't right in the church. So he began to demonstrate, but here it is. So as we are in the book of Romans, it's such a powerful book. He says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. The plea, he says, I appeal to you, but what you got to understand is that he was, the language he was using, he was saying, I beg you, my brothers. I urge you. Some translations say, I beseech you by the mercies of God. He was begging people. He was urging people by the mercies of God to present their bodies. Don't worry, I'm going to help you out. He was saying, I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present your bodies. In other words, everything that we do as believers, it's because of the mercy of God. So he was saying, present your bodies. And later he's saying, be transformed. But how do we even get there? We got to understand the mercy of God. See, uh, see, when you don't understand mercy, uh, uh, you will have a hard time being transformed. It is only when you've had an encounter with mercy that you will have mercy on other people. It will be easy for you to look down and judge other people based on their past, based on the things that they've done. Why are we celebrating people that had a criminal past? Baby, you don't understand mercy because if people started putting out the things that you have done in your lifetime, I don't know if you'd be, you'd be shouting those claims. But in fact, when you understand mercy, then you understand giving mercy. So he's saying everything that you do, do it out of mercy. Mercy and grace that we receive when we were justified from our guilt in the penalty of sin mercy when we are when we were adopted in Jesus and identification in Christ mercy when we were placed under grace and no longer in the law mercy when we were given the Holy Spirit to live within us mercy when we received the promise of having help in every affliction I feel my help coming on mercy when we have the confidence of the coming glory mercy when we are confident that there is no that there is no condemnation or no separation from the love of God mercy when we understand the confidence that we have in God's continued faithfulness. In light of mercy and all that God has done, he's saying do everything out of mercy. 
So he's making a plea out of mercy. He said to present your bodies. Now you can just brush past that and say, what is, what, is the, what is the apostle Paul want me to do with my body? What you got to understand is the language that is being used is not just the physical body. <laughs> it's similar to the passages used in, in, uh, in other writings in the New Testament where it says the body of Christ. The whole body. So he's saying present your bodies. So what is he saying? He's saying present all of who you are. He's saying present your bodies. So it is best when you read the scripture to understand that what he is saying is referencing, he's referencing the entire body, your entire being, who you are, your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, yes, even your physical body and your spirit. He's saying present all of it to me. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that God wants all of you. <laughs> because it's easy to say, God, here is a little bit of me. God, here is a piece of me. I'm with you when it comes to worship and praise, but when it comes to social justice, I don't get involved in that. But God says, I want all of it. God, I'm with, I'm with the serving, but when it comes to tithing and giving, I, 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 don't, I don't do that. But he's saying present all of you. God, I, 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 I'm with you when you're dealing with my friendships, but I don't want you messing with my relationship right here. I like where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm comfortable right here. But I want to let somebody know that, that Paul was saying, I beg you by the mercies of God, present all that you are, your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotion, your body, your spirit, your worship, your giving, the way you view the world, every bit of who you are present it to me is anybody being helped on the chat because I can't see the chat I just want to know if I'm helping somebody I'm feeling this thing he's saying present present not just a piece not just a little bit but all of who you are now what do I present what do I do with it you present your body all who you are listen I don't know if should I throw it out there <laughs> It's in the scripture, and you probably read it, but 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 you know, I'm a little nervous to throw this one at you. But I'm I'm gonna throw it, I'm gonna throw it regardless. You have to present your whole body, your entirety, your entire being as a living sacrifice. So there is a price for sacrifice. The second thing I want to share with you is that there is a price of sacrifice. <laughs> In the first century church, they understood sacrifice. Because if you read the Old Testament, Jewish, Jewish folks, they understood clearly what it, what it meant to present sacrifices. In fact, the way that they were forgiven or, or the way that their sins were atoned, if you will, it was through sacrifice. So they would bring animals and the priests would lift up sacrifice. So they understood sacrifice. And even pagans, because pagans to their idol god and to worship their idol gods, they, they knew what it meant to present a worship. But when the apostle Paul said, present yourself, as a living sacrifice it messed them up <laughs> he, that was a striking image because when you become a living sacrifice what you're saying is I'm bringing all of myself and it's living because I'm brought alive <laughs> I'm not coming like a dead bird goat or chicken <laughs> 
I'm coming alive to the altar. It's alive because it is ongoing. And in order for you to live in the spirit, your flesh has to die. How can, how can the grain multiply, the scripture says over there in the gospels, if the wheat, it does not die? How can, how can, how can we grow alive in our spirit if we don't sacrifice? The sacrifice is living and brought alive to the altar. Whenever there was sacrifice in the Old Testament, that sacrifice was presented to God and it was, had to be without blemish. The sacrifice had to be a perfect sacrifice that was presented. And whenever a sacrifice was presented in light of the Old Testament, what it did was, it, it was a symbol of atonement, forgiveness, and life. So the Apostle Paul is using that illustration to the Roman church, and he's saying, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And he's saying, come to the altar. Oh, come to the altar. <laughs> it's wonderful to sing that song, but when you gotta go to the altar, and present your body as a living, all that you are as a living sacrifice. It, 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 see, see, you and I, we all have to go to the altar because it is when we go to the altar that our lives are altered. It's when we are before the altar of God that our lives are altered and changed. So there are some things that you have held on to for years. There are some views that you have held on to for years. There is some divisive parts of your heart that you've been living with for so long. There are some aspects about the way you were raised, the way you were taught, what they gave you in your history lesson, what mama, daddy, and auntie taught you. But we have to come with all of that to the altar and become a living yeah. Until, until whatever is not of God is consumed in the altar. Whatever is not of God, let it be consumed. Whenever they brought a, a sacrifice to the altar, it was consumed by fire. And the Holy Spirit in this season wants to burn and consume some things out of you. What is the burning? The burning is purification. What is the burning? The burning is becoming a new thing. It's being transfigured or transformed. We have to present our bodies as a living sacrifice so that the things that are not godly in my life, that they may be consumed and that the life of Jesus may manifest through me that I may be transformed. Holy and acceptable unto God. Now, Pastor, that, that word there, holy and acceptable. Let me know if you're receiving, by the way, on the chat. I, 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 I might only have 15 right now on the chat right now, but that's all right. 15, hold me down on Facebook. Five of you on, uh, 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 on Facebook, 15 of you on YouTube. Hold me down. Here's the thing. We hear that word holy. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's saying, present yourself as holy and acceptable. What you need to understand is that the holiness we bring to the altar is a decision for holiness. It's a decision for holiness and it is yielding to the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to present our bodies as a living sacrifice? It's a daily yielding to the Holy Spirit. 
for him to transform us for him to deliver us for him to mold and break our views and crush those ideas that we had before we came to Jesus see there are many believers you know why the church is so divided because they're stuck on doing things their way they're stuck on doing doing things oh 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 I might get in trouble here you're stuck on doing the, the things the way that 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 you were taught and you were raised and we never got to a place of yielding to the Holy Spirit and saying Holy Spirit I might have been taught things this way but what do you say what does your word say what is your Holy Spirit leading me to do and so we're so divided in the church because there's a new generation that God is raising us and we're saying we're, we don't care about the way it was done what does the Holy what does the Holy Spirit say about what we should do? Not what we heard, but what does the Holy Spirit say that we should do? So it's a daily yielding. I feel my help coming in this place. And he's, the scripture says when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, then we are giving acceptable worship to God. A spiritual act of worship, a reasonable service is a life of worship according to his word. <laughs> but we have more loyalty <laughs> to, to the way we were raised <laughs> than, the, than the view of God in his word. We have more loyalty to what the news is saying than what, than, than, than the pictures they're painting than, than what the, the verses of God here in scripture say. Ah. Uh. But here it is. <laughs> Let me work the text. Verse 2 says, it says, do not be conformed to the world. <laughs> Can I tell you there are, you, you know, we often use the scripture, we are uh, in the world, but we're not of the world. And so many, you know, believers have taken that stance. Absolutely, that's scripture. We are, we are in the world, not of the world. But can I tell you, that does that that does not give us an excuse to not affect the world never be so heavenly minded that you're not earthly good <laughs> that was a that was an early church theologian that said that uh, we are we are in the world can I tell you why you are in the world Jesus said it best he said you are the salt and light of the world so can I tell you we know we are not of the world we are in the world but we are caused to we are called to cause change in the world and I want to speak to the hopes in the family I want to let you know I feel like taking come you got to help me man I feel like taking off this I feel like preaching this thing now I want to let the Hope Center family know that God is raising us up for such a time as this to cause change in the world, to not just talk about it, but to be about it. God did not, God did not lift up this ministry that we may stand on the sidelines, but God has called us to be in the forefront, to cause impact and change. We are history makers and we are world changers and we will be the salt and light of the world. God has called us, yes, we are not of the world and we are in the world, but that doesn't give us an excuse to not affect the world. So you can have worldliness even in a church.
My church is filled with the Holy Spirit, sanctified. We've been saved 40, 50, 60 years. We going to heaven, praise the Lord. But if you love God, the scripture says, and you hate your brother, how can you say you love? So you can have worldly ways even in the church. So he's saying, do not conform to the world. We often use that scripture and we say, we're not supposed to be like the world, but you can be like the world up in the church. <laughs> so he's saying, do not conform to the world. The system, the pattern, the ways of the world. It says, do not be conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We can only be trans transformed and experience transformation through renovation. It says, be renewed, renovated, be transformed as a consequence. When we are talking about transformation, we are talking about, as I mentioned earlier, a breaking of certain ways. What God is doing prophetically in this season is He is breaking our ideas down. He is breaking. In order for something to be renewed, in order for something to be renovated, you have to tear down the old and bring in the fresh thing that God always desired. His word doesn't change, his methods change, and there are things that need to change and be transformed in church culture. So he's saying, don't conform, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Tear down that old thinking. Tear down your old ways and be transformed. When you conform, you fit into the mold. So I want to be good with everybody. So I'll side with you in one moment here. And then, and then I shift over because now this side is not liking me. So let me, let me see if I, if I can appease both sides. But when it comes to matters of good and evil, there is no appeasing even if I'm not popular, even if I'm not liked, even if people decide to unfollow me or not be with me in the fight and in the struggle, I wanna let somebody know that it's time for us to not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's time for us to be transformed. The old ways is living by feelings. How do I feel about my marriage? How do I feel about my job? How do I feel about my wife? How do I feel about worship? How do I feel about the pastor right now? Because I'm not really feeling him. How do I feel? <laughs> how do I feel? How do I, how do I feel about what's happening? About, can I tell you, we were never called to live based on our feelings. What is right? What is pure? What is holy? Defending standing up for the cause being there for our brothers and sisters suffering for those with those that suffer mourning with those who mourn rejoicing with those who rejoice grieve with those who grieve 
See, that's a transforming. This thing is not a feelings thing. But what does the Word of God say? When we present our bodies, which is the sacrifice, we will be transformed and produce God's will. Go back to the scripture if you can see that there. It says, when you are transformed by the renewal of your, of your mind, then you will test or prove or discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. The will of God. You know, so many people come up to me and say, Pastor, I want to know what the will of God is for my life. I want to know what my purpose is. Baby, I will save you time, heartache, and headaches. Here it is. The will of God is for the world to see Jesus in you. I know, I know, I know. You were waiting on something deep. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> the will of God is for the world to see Jesus through your life. The will of God is for us to reflect him wherever we go, in every conversation that we have, in anything that we defend. May it be Jesus reflected through our lives, in our marriage to reflect Jesus, in our friendships to reflect Jesus, in our, in, in, in our households to reflect Jesus, in the workplace to reflect Jesus, in culture to reflect Jesus, in society to reflect Jesus. Because we will never draw a world when we're so divisive and, and disunited amongst one another but when we come together and we say we are the church and we are united the Bible says I will draw all men by this all men will know that you are my disciples and you will prove what my will is my good pleasing and acceptable will the will of God is for us to show the world Jesus during this time how can we say we serve and love Jesus and we don't follow his ways. We just talk about him and his word from a theological perspective and, and we can break down the Greek and Hebrew, but you don't help your brother sister when they're hurting. I don't wanna hear theology if there's no practice behind it. And I love theology, but I need to see you put that into action now. So I'm charging the church. I'm charging the Hope Center family. If we say we believe this word, then we will not only practice it and we will not only preach this thing, but we will put it into action. We're going to live this thing out every day, day in and day out. It's time for hearts to be transformed. Hearts to be renewed. You know, the scripture over there in the Old Testament called one man, called him a man after God's own heart. <laughs> I know some of y'all prayed that prayer before. I want to be a man or a woman after your heart, oh God, like David was. Here's what's interesting. When you read the life of David, <laughs> he messed up more than anybody. <laughs> My man was out here wilding. But yet God called him a man after his own heart. Because here's the thing about David. He will cry out to God. And there's one portion in scripture where he said, Oh God, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not the Holy Spirit from me. That's why he was a man after his heart. 
Because as many times as he messed up, Mr. Mark failed, was rejected by his own family. He would say, God, give me a clean heart. And God is calling the church to pray that same prayer for our hearts to be changed and then take it to another level to be transformed and to say, God, create in me a brand new heart. Not my same heart, but I want your heart. I want to see people the way you see them. I want to feel pain for people the way you feel it. I want to help the way that you would have helped if you were on the earth. I don't want to just talk theology. I want to practice this word. I want to help and build. I want to lift up those who are hurting, the oppressed, those who are downcast. I want a new heart. Create in me a brand new heart. Break my heart for the things that break yours. If it doesn't please you, I don't want it. If this doesn't honor you, I don't want a part of it. I'll let it go. I'll release it. I'll reject it. I'll renounce it. Create in me a brand new heart. This is a season that God is calling the church to be after his heart. And say, create in me. Don't cast me from your presence. When it's all said and done at the end of my life, I don't want to have been fired from your presence because you were calling me through Pastor Surge and Hope Center to stand up and defend the cause. And I didn't do it. Cast me not from your presence. God, we should be praying in this season, whatever it is that you want to do, I want to be on your side. I want to, I want to do what you have called me to do. I want to go where you tell me to go. I want to, I want to break away from my mode and the way I've done things and I want to do it your way. And when we do that, ladies and gentlemen, that's when we usher in revival and we see families being transformed. We see neighborhoods being transformed. We see churches being transformed. We see cities being transformed. We see states being transformed. We see nations being transformed when we usher in revival. But can I tell you the transformation that we're looking for, it doesn't begin with others. Transformation starts with you. We're praying God change the world, but, but really you should be praying God change my heart. God, bring a solution. When God is looking at you, he's like, that's why I raised you up. Because I want you to reflect me. I want you to be a solution. You're saying, God, use me. And then when you're being used, you say, God, I feel like you're abusing me. In this season, 
we need to say, God, create in me. And what he was saying, create, he was saying, transform my heart. I feel a mighty glory right now. I feel his glory. Because that has been my heart and my prayer. To see, to see the church rise. And to be at the forefront. And to be leading and showing the world the nature and character of our God reflecting his heart let's be that church once again thanks so much for tuning into today's message I pray that it was a blessing to you I'm so glad that you were able to hear today's message but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience would you join us on a Sunday afternoon at 1:30? we meet at Greenbelt Middle 6301 Breezewood Drive in Greenbelt Maryland and so I want you to be there I want you to get connected you can find out more information on our social media at my hope center on every platform and also you can check out more information at myhopecenter.org I hope to see you soon so in until then, peace, love, and God bless.